welcome to Multiverse of Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, everything is... Lil. I was going to say awesome because we're sort of doing little Gotham coverage as a tie to the upcoming Lego Batman movie. But, uh, yeah, Lil, I'll accept that. We should probably sometime in the future, like, talk about these things before. But I like the fact that we're trying to do improv, and it never completely works. Nope. Yep, that is that great yes and that I've come to expect from you, Devin. Mm-hmm. Such riveting conversation. Very good podcast people. I know. Well... Uh, yeah, this week on Multiverse Q, we are covering uh, Lil Gotham, which was a, a digital first uh, 12-issue print miniseries by Dustin Nguyen and Derek Frudolfs that, uh, like, there's a loose preceding issue beforehand that showed up in a uh, comic, but it's pretty much a all-ages friendly approach to Batman, and it's also a very all-inclusive approach to Batman, which is nice. And it's super adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by Dustin Nguyen and Derek Fridolfs, with Dustin Nguyen providing all of the art and Saida Timofonte doing the letters. And the premise is it's an anthology series about Batman and the Bat family where each story takes place on a different holiday for the most part. Mm -hmm. And it's also a weird version of Batman canon where Bruce Wayne is currently Batman, Damian Wayne is Robin. And there's some other canonical differences that aren't super important, but mainly just serve to let them make a more adorable series. Like on a... The first issue takes place on Halloween, and you find out that Damien has never really celebrated Halloween because he's the son of Talia al Ghul, who is the daughter of Ra's al Ghul, who lead the League of Shadows. So, like, when Batman takes him out, uh, Damien tries stealing candy from the other kids in Gotham because they're dressed as supervillains, which... It's a weird thing to have, like, kids dressing up as supervillains in a world where the supervillains are active. Oh, I agree. It's like that's like the equivalent of like us dressing up like as Stalin, or, or Nazis. Guess, yeah, or Nazis. Welcome to Multiverse Q, your anti-fascist guide to the comic book multiverse. That uh, we find out that on Halloween, all of the villains have this big dinner together, and when Batman and Robin stop in for calzones, which raises questions on Batman's ability to raise Robin effectively as a child. Uh, Batman then, it turns out he's reported them to the police who are going to arrest him once they finish up their meal. And it's a nice, like, introduction to yes. this whole setup. And also, weirdly, the cover of this issue was edited and used in uh, the Multiversity in uh, one of the issues of that big story arc, which uh, I'll get to discussing that later, but it, it's a uh, weird bit. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, on Thanksgiving, you find out that Batman's spot. Uh, you find out that someone is. I'm assuming Batman. Are you assuming Batman? I'm assuming Batman. Yeah, he sponsors Batman and Robin balloons in the big parade, which Robin finds that Batman's balloon, which is this like fat version of Batman, is hilarious. But he hates his because he's got an incredibly big head. And the uh, penguin appears with an army of turkeys, uh, seeking to take revenge on Gotham City for all the turkeys that they eat. And Robin finds out that the turkeys all follow music, so he's able to steal the army away. And Penguin tries to escape with one of those flying umbrellas, only to get stuck under the Batman balloon. And the entire Batman family gets together to have dinner, and Penguin has to eat turkey back in prison. Which, I'm not entirely, yeah, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the penguin appreciates all birds and wants to protect them. Like, I get birds that are supposed to be rich collector's items, but not necessarily turkeys. Yeah, turkeys, I did also think it was a stretch. It was kind of weird, too, but. Mm-hmm. Also, why did why they jail the penguins up at the end? They didn't do anything. Uh Get a weird turkey army then. Criminal Not cool ties. Is all I'm saying. You're you're criticizing Gotham Police. Gotham's that I finest. Am. Well, I can't blame you too much. On uh, Christmas, Bruce Wayne is sponsoring a Christmas event downtown when he hears that the children's choir is missing. Batman and Nightwing, who is Dick Grayson, who is the original Robin, track them down and find out that Mr. Freeze has kidnapped the kids and put them into a giant snow globe to protect them from how cruel the world can be. The two heroes try to get Mr. Freeze to look to do good in other ways, instead of, you know, isolating children in a giant snowball. Which he did not ever learn that thing later on, too. Yeah. And uh, Nightwing suggests that, you know, he could be an ice cream man. And at that point, all the kids are like, oh, we really want ice cream. Which, I get it's supposed to be kids being adorable, but it is also fucking cold outside and there's a lot of snow. And also, yeah, now we're putting that explicit tag up there. Man, look at you, Luke. I know. Uh, Mr. Freeze can't deal with uh, all the kids wanting ice cream, and Batman reminds him that all kids need personal care and attention. So Freeze gives up and is sent to Arkham. But when he looks outside the window, he sees that Bruce Wayne and the orphans are singing Silent Night for him, which is a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that they do the Mr. Freeze is a sympathetic villain, where it's more of his methods rather than his intent that are the problem. Yes. On New Year's Eve, Batman has left Selina Kyle, who is Catwoman, home alone, only for Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy to bust in because they want to have fun. And they claim that they're going to do it for good reason. So, like, first they raise a co- so like first they raid a cosmetic company, based on the idea that it's getting revenge for wrecking the planet, and then they raid a uh, toy store to get toys, which you know they're for kids at the orphanage, and then they free animals at the pound, which you know that was Catwoman's idea. So, that's the one I'd actually give points to. And they start to commit some more blatant crimes, which bothers Selena. So she gets them to go shopping instead and not commit crimes until they all come home and are tired out. Like, I do like how simple the stories are, because you could give this book to anyone and they could enjoy it. Oh, yeah. 
I'll say opening thing. This was actually I think where it started. I w- I liked before how they actually would like indicate when it was a new holiday. Slash the story had ended and then it stopped with like this one. Because there was a couple times where I couldn't tell if it was in the same story or not. Some of the transitions are not as good because most of them end up with that like uh, circular panel on the last page. But this one is like an image of the carpenter. And it's like, oh, that really doesn't tie into the holiday that they just covered. Mm-hmm. So on Valentine's Day, the Joker wants to find a way to control who loves him. And he goes to Poison Ivy's lab and accidentally douses himself with pheromones. So everyone he runs into is after him, including Poison Ivy, Catwoman, Talia al Ghul, uh, Baby Doll, Zatanna, and Roxy Rocket. Until he falls into Harley's car as a swarm of women is coming after him. The Justice League, meanwhile, is working in space when Batman gets a call that Joker's on a rampage as a result. So he ends up calling Huntress of the Birds of Prey who, in the meantime, has found an antidote, and when the women are doused in the cure, they beat the shit out of him in retaliation. There's not a whole lot more to say. Not really. I mean, a lot of these are pretty simple, unless I'm getting into weird canon stuff. Uh, On Lunar New Year, which is like the first of, oh, yeah, I guess you don't necessarily have two issues for every month, or two holidays for every month that you can easily do. Uh, Alfred takes Damien Wayne to Chinatown for some dim sum and training. When they meet up with Katana, who, unlike the Suicide Squad and main DCU version, she's more of like a teenager who does not have a sword that is filled with the soul of her dead husband. Mm-hmm. And we find out that the Blade of the Jade Serpent was stolen from the school uh, earlier that day. Alfred is actually familiar from... Uh, Alfred is actually familiar with the blade from back when he was Batman's chauffeur and he dressed like Kano. Kato. Uh, Devin just corrected that from the uh, Green Hornet. Uh, Which I liked a lot. Yeah. Also, good job for correcting me on the Kano Kato thing. I just watched so much Adventure Brothers that uh, Kano always comes to mind instead. That's fair. Yeah. Have you seen the last season of Venture Brothers, Devin? No, because it's not up on Hulu. I thought it would be by now. No, they've been taking their sweet-ass time, because otherwise I would have. Yeah, they they do a long Green Hornet riff the entire season, nice. which is good. Uh, but yeah, in the past they had tangled uh, over the sword. Uh, they had found Ra's al Ghul there. But he was also there to protect the sword from the Cobra cult. And uh, now, because Bruce Wayne is in a meeting, Katana and Robin go after it, following the snakes who are stealing jewelry. And they end up heading into the sewers to find Cobra. Robin tries to control them the same way that he had tried to control the turkeys, which doesn't work. Luckily, Alfred, Roz, and the unnamed trainers save them. And as Cobra... Uh, Troops start to run away, they leave the blade behind, and Damien and Katana are now friends, and Batman shows up to hear the kids sing the praises of Alfred. It was weird that I could not find a name for uh, the weird old man trainer that they had. Yeah, yeah, I guess. On uh, St. Patrick's Day, Detective Bullock and Commissioner Gordon are waiting around when they find that the bank and trust has been robbed. 
Batman shows up and finds Cat footprints as well as a shamrock there. So when Catwoman comes back to her house, Batman stops her and arrests her. And even though she has a giant bag, it turns out it's filled with nothing but cat food. But still, because she's a suspect, he puts her into the Batmobile in the back seat. Then there's a robbery at the second National Bank where Nat where Nightwing finds a shamrock and a coin. They go to arrest Two-Face, uh, bump into Lobo on the way, but Two-Face claims innocence. Uh, they then capture uh, Harley and the Joker, and they also find that Penguin's vault has been robbed, albeit he had a lot of fake money and illegal weapons in there, so he also gets arrested and all these villains get, keep getting piled in the back seat, which is great because you have like six people in that back seat now. Basically turns into a cool and, clown car. Yes. And Batman is trying to figure out the connection. And when they look at all the banks that have been robbed, it's making an arc like Rainbow. And at the end of it, they find the Riddler who's on a boat who claims that he was trying to get the uh, Bat family to clean up Gotham. And so in retaliation, they let the illegally framed criminals chase him down. Oh, Riddler, you have to be such a dick, don't you? I assume that he is dead at the end of that issue. Does he show up again? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. In, yeah. I don't think so. On, uh, on Easter, uh, the Mad Hatter shows up threatening that he has hidden a bomb in Gotham and that they will have to follow the White Rabbit. Batman and Robin head to a club where he's got everyone under hypnosis and they're able to get a drop on Batman and Robin. When they wake up, they find that the Wonderland gang is there. Uh, Mad Hatter tells them that they have uh, failed their mission. And that's when somehow Batman finally realizes that the bomb is buried at the Easter egg hunt. Which, come on, Batman, you should have figured that out. Like, instantly. It's goddamn Easter. So Robin goes to the park and steals all the eggs from the kids, which was partially... Mad Hatter's plan, as all the kids are mind-controlled by bunny ears that they're wearing, but Robin is able to get the egg. Uh, Batman then tracks down the Mad Hatter, who had escaped and was eating at a small diner, and that's when Robin reveals that he has fed the uh, explosive egg to the Mad Hatter. Yes. It gets dark. In April, Mr. Freeze is released, and because people are being nice to him, like they offer him a seat on the bus, uh, and he sees people helping other people. Mr. Freeze returns home and decides that he wants to preserve this perfect world, which means he's going to freeze the world. And Batman stops as he's like flying in space with the uh, like giant space snowflake machine. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, oh, intent and actions aren't the same thing. So Mr. Freeze is sent back to Arkham where everyone is mean to him, and meanwhile Poison Ivy is released, just as the city is suddenly covered in vines, which was not her fault, and it was somehow caused by the clouds, so she gets arrested. And as Mr. Freeze ponders whether it is actually a nice world out there, he gets a letter from a little girl thanking him for an ice horse that he made, and he smiles. It's weird how Mr. Freeze can be so heartwarming. Oh, 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 look at Luke with the clever pun. Mm-hmm. So on Cinco de Mayo, Damien Tim Drake, who is the second Robin who is currently Red Robin, and Katana are 
having fun watching Colin Wilkes racing on his trike. Do you know about Colin Wilkes, Devin? No. So Colin Wilkes was a character from the Paul Dini Dustin Nguyen run, and he's like Orca the Whale Woman levels of bad. You know about Orca the Whale Woman, right? Nope. I know Orca the Killer Whale from that fantastic movie that was not at all a ripoff of Jaws. Uh, Orca is one of those characters who, if you look up like worst Batman villain, she comes up all the time because she's pretty much like a furry version of a fish. I guess she'd be like an ichthy. Well, no, whales are mammals, so I'm not entirely sure what the terminology for fetishizing that would be. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colin is. Uh, a kid who got kidnapped and he was given venom which is the drug that makes Bane super huge and he uses it to turn into a adult sized man so he's sort of like a grunge Captain Marvel and he also goes by the heroic name of Abuse and also Damien ends up getting him a tricycle like motorbike that he calls the cycle of abuse That's weird. Yeah, I, I, I asked Chris Sims about it, and, uh... Because, you know, I enjoyed doing my research. And when he finally remembered who the character was, uh... He was just like, ugh, that dude. He is super terrible. Because even though Chris Sims is a professional Batmanologist, there's some stuff that's better off ignoring. Uh, anyways, uh, Colin beat Bane in the race, which Bane doesn't like, so he decides to challenge them to some other challenges, which sort of get weirdly, I don't necessarily want to say racist because it's celebrating Mexican culture, but it's also, they're only doing it because it's on Cinco de Mayo, which, sure, whatever. And, uh. Colin is super good at fixing cars, so while he soups up his car again, uh, they end up getting into costumes to hide their identities. How did you like that, Devin? The uh, I like costume? costumes. Yeah, like uh, Katana is dressed up like uh, the bride from Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, back at the cave, Batman, Zatanna, Huntress, and Red Robin are playing Scrabble. Uh, Red Hood, who is Jason Todd, who is the third Robin. I actually who... like that. I like that like two little panel page of a uh, gotta be quick on your feet, play your moves just right, Batman. Was that a Fast and Furious thing? No. Oh. But just more of it looked like they were playing like a more high stakes game, and then bam. Oh yeah. Fucking Scrabble. Uh yeah. Jason Todd is the third Robin who had been killed and he was brought back to life when Superboy punched the multiverse really hard. Uh, Nightwing is meanwhile on a date with Barbara Gordon who keeps ordering incredibly hot peppers. Uh, which, a lot of that stuff is weirdly tangential to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they go a bit too many weird places with it. Uh, meanwhile, Abuse and Bane have gotten into a luchador fight. Uh, Katana is able to get everyone in the audience to start fighting with one another. So as the two Robins and Katana are fighting Luchadors, Bane and Abuse call for a timeout and drink some horchata. 
And the next challenge is a make-your-own-taco contest, which Katana enters and makes a bunch of tacos super fast, which fills up all of the luchadors until they fall asleep. And when the contest is finally over, they find out that uh, Colin's car has been stripped for parts, so they have to take a bus home. It's, it's like the weirdest of the stories, I think, in here. No, Just it from a... Yeah. It's like uh, hard to tell where it ends, because... Yeah, like you don't even get a good resolution with the Bane. He disappears after declaring a taco making contest he doesn't even make tacos in the contest nope and uh, on Mother's Day Poison Ivy tries to intimidate Paul Dini who is a florist in this universe with help from Harley Quinn but when the police arrive it turns out that they've already been tied up thanks to Colin who then runs into Damien uh, Damien because his uh, mom is the evil Tally Al Ghul decides to try and help find Colin's mom because he's an orphan so he brings him back to the Batcave blindfolded. Alfred gets some snacks and they have some leads. And since Batman is away, Colin uh, buffs himself up to adult size and runs around as Batman with Damien as they have fun checking out places, though they don't have a lot of luck. And at the end of the day, Colin and Damien return to the orphanage. And Damien is reminded by Colin that family is the people around you who you love. Uh, Damien is left alone, but then he is suddenly teleported up to the Justice League Watchtower where he sees his mother and he's ready to fight her until Batman reveals that he invited her up for something important, their son. And back on Earth, yeah, and back on Earth, Sister Agnes of the Orphanage gives Colin something that she had found recently from him, which is a photo of him as a baby with his mother, and so he wishes her a happy Mother's Day. Good times. Good times. I didn't think that was a weird thing. I was like, what if that kid's mom's dead? That's like kind of weird there, Damien. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to bring up a lot of hurt feelings. Yeah. So on Father's Day, Barbara takes Commissioner Gordon out for dinner, and the restaurant is overbooked, so Barbara uh, has to share a table with another family that just happens to be Roz and Talia al Ghul. Which is great. Like, this might be my favorite story out of the entire series. It was a good one. And, uh, so it's just this great standoff. During the, uh, during the dinner, she gets a call from Alfred as she is his emergency contact. And it turns out that Batman and the, uh, family are making dinner for Alfred, which she is afraid of. Which, like, you Fair. see them, like, lighting fires. It, yeah. And none of them really know what they're doing. And this one is just filled with lots of good gag moments. And when the food finally arrives, Barbara was the only person who noticed that the waiter was a ninja. And that the chefs were knocked out in the kitchen. So Barbara stops them from eating by stripping the uh, tablecloth off the table, taking all the food with it. And explains that she thought that they might be the uh, Al, Al Ghul's ninjas. But it turns out that they are from another enemy clan. So the families fight together and stop them, defeating them before Batman and Robin come in and uh, realize that everything has been taken care of. Commissioner Gordon and Ra's al Ghul argue over who's going to pay the bill, which is great. And uh, back at the house, everyone has carryout from the Chinese restaurant with Alfred. Good times. Very good times. 
in uh, June, which is also known as Minazuki in Japan, which is the month of water, in Tokyo Bay, Aquaman is fighting a Kraken, and it is not going well, so he asks to be called up to the satellite. He explains that uh, he was fighting two giant monsters, and he's unable to communicate with them, partially because he may have an accent with his, uh, like, talking to fish powers. So Batman changes into his water suit and calls Damien and Barbara to take the Battalion 1 and 2, which forms an underwater robot Batman that the Kraken attacks. You also get a brief moment of Damien referencing the Intergalactic Planetary video, or the Intergalactic video. Yes. Yep. And uh, Aquaman and Batman find Torpedo Man was controlling the monsters, and yeah, I had to consult hashtag local Aquaman expert, uh, and a friend of the show, Megan, about uh, Torpedo Man. Um, so Torpedo Man and his two buddies are some sort of robots that are mind-controlled by ancient aliens. And they're also sort of shape-shifty guys, but there's not a lot to them. They have like two or three appearances, but Aquaman doesn't have like a bunch of super memorable villains but they are part of a group known as the awesome three and uh, Aquaman chases after him with a army of sea animals Barbara comes down in her own robot and they're able to hold off the giant monsters when Aquaman and Batman follow into the cave they discover that the giant monsters are actually also robots who are powered by the other two members of the awesome threesome Claw and Magneto and the two other members of the team and the villains get defeated and the team is turned into the Japanese branch of the Justice League and Damien tries to get lucky with some schoolgirls but Barbara pulls him away in her giant robot next time dear Robin next time mm-hmm. well, it becomes an important point canonically that that happens on the 4th of July the villains have shown up at the Gotham Observatory to celebrate their day of independence from Arkham Asylum. Uh, Joker expected everyone to bring their own fireworks, but because no one did, he splits them into teams to get their own. So it's Joker and Harley, Penguin and Poison Ivy, Bane and Firefly, Killer Croc and Roxy Rocket, Solomon Grundy and Mad Hatter, and one half of Two-Face and the other half of Two-Face. Uh, Batman has figured out their plan, so while Poison Ivy and uh, Penguin easily rob a store, uh, Bane wants to uh, go and get fireworks from Mexico, so he plugs his Venom tank into Firefly's jetpack, which blasts him into the sky. Mad Hatter brings his back, and eventually all the teams have returned except for Roxy Rocket and Killer Croc. But it turns out that Joker had rigged the contest, and he already has a massive firework prepared, which is actually a giant bomb. Uh, Batman sees this giant blimp that is filled with all the fireworks, as well as Joker's bomb. And so when he sees Roxy and Croc flying back on Roxy's rocket, he knocks them off of it and sends the rocket into the blimp, which explodes it, sending the villains into the water where they get captured. And back at Arkham, Arlie reveals that she has a box of fireworks, but in reality, they're just sparklers. Were you a fireworks or a sparklers kid growing up? Sparklers. Same. Like, we had... 
I mean, I lived um, in the like, middle of a, of a suburb. We could do fireworks. Yeah. Well, like, I wouldn't. I'd have a hard time calling like Bexley a suburb, though. What would you call it? Like, it's between a suburb. I don't know. I see suburbs as a lot more planned, and they generally have a lot more room to expand. Like Bexley has no room to expand. Well, that's true. Like, I grew up in a much more suburby suburb where we had, like, miles of woods behind our houses. And, uh, well, now all the farms that were around there have been sold for more land. But, like, there we had, like, super... Uh, we had, like, upper middle class people who loved spending hundreds of dollars on fireworks. Oh, nice. But I was a sparkler kid. Uh, Batman... Because it is vacation season, which, you know, they ran out of holidays for the time being. Uh, Batman returns home after a long day of crime fighting, and Batman insists that he takes a vacation, and he has even called up Selina to come with him because Alfred wants Batman to get laid, presumably. Probably. Uh, Damien tries to sneak on board. Alfred looking out for Master Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien tries to sneak on board in a suitcase, but Alfred stops him. And Bruce is finally able to relax until Selina finds a treasure map while she was diving. They go to hunt down the treasure and are confronted by pirates who blow up their boat. The pirates are led by Captain Greenbeard and his henchwoman, Helena Queenie, who just happened to look like Harley and the Joker. Except that the pirates have also captured Harley and the Joker. Bruce is forced to walk the plank, but he had packed a bat suit. And he returns to the fight, claiming that he had already saved uh, Bruce Wayne. And as Batman and Selina fight the pirates, Joker set the cannons to blow up the ship. And Batman and Selina escape, while Joker and Harley are stuck on a deserted island together. Meanwhile, in Gotham, because it's like a weird two-part series because they literally had no summer holidays... That they could put in. Uh, Hawk and Duff are watching over the city when they get called into the bird cave where they find Black Hawk, Huntress, Black Canary, Batwoman, Katana, Red Robin, Robin, uh, Red Hood, and Colin who are waiting in the bird's nest, which is Robin's new base while Batman is away. Though Damien reveals that he was unable to get Hawkwoman and Hawkman to join them. Uh, Damien wants to protect the town, and because there have been a series of jewel heists, which uh, Penguin was behind. They uh, make a big plan. It is the Penguin's birthday, so he has received all the jewels. And Roxy, because she was unable, and Roxy Rocket, because she was unable to get jewels for him, invited the band, which turns out to be Damien's team. Well, Roxy flies off with the jewels, and a big superhero fight breaks out. Nightwing and Barbara knock out Deathstroke. Red Hood and Lady Blackhawk take out Deadshot. Katana beats Magpie, Huntress and Black Canary defeat Lady Shiva, Red Robin defeats Black Skull, and Batman uh, beats up Ventriloquist. Wait, did I write? Yeah, I wrote Batman He's, beats up. Say Batman wasn't there. Yeah, who beats Ventriloquist and Scarface? Batwoman. Oh, Bat. Yeah, Batwoman beats Ventriloquist and Scarface, and Colin beats up the Great White Shark while Hawk and Dove capture Rocky. Well, Hawk and Dove capture Roxy, and with the day saved, everyone dances, 
and Bruce and Selena come back to the cave and find Damien tuckered out from his big day of uh, adventuring. So Clayface ended up escaping from Arkham and he made it into the Gotham City Comic Con where because everyone is in costume, Batman and Robin are not able to follow in. Alfred struggles with the server to get uh, passes for Batman and Robin, but Damien ends up just stealing some passes off of some nerds that he knocks out. Damien wants to look around at the show, but Batman reveals that he put a tracking chemical on Clayface, which ends up not being helpful at all. Batman ends up heading into the most horrible alley that he's ever encountered, the Artist Alley, while Damien faces down vendors including a version of Toyman who is illegally selling images of Damien with the Japanese schoolgirls from a few issues before. Aw, oh, yeah. Batman takes a moment to meet with Simon Trent, who was the Grey Ghost who inspired Batman to be Batman, and Damien eventually realizes that they should just head to the costume contest, though he did get hit with a wave of swag. Damien goes on to the costume contest dressed up like a bad Clayface, which draws out the real Clayface, so Batman is able to capture him, and the pair win the costume contest for realism. But Damien, who was trying to find the version of Super Ninja Ghost that he liked, was not able to find what he wanted, and Batman reminds him that while pop culture characters change, they'll all eventually return. Someday. How did you feel about that as a person who's been to San Diego Comic-Con? I liked it. Accurately. Yeah, it was fun. Like, that was one of the issues that they really promoted for a while. Oh, did When it was going to be coming out. Yeah. No, that's not so It's like Batman at a Batman show. On Labor Day, we focus on... Yep. On Labor Day, we focus on the Carpenter, who is Jenna Duffy, who is another Deanie and Nguyen creation. She's normally part of the Wonderland gang, you know, like the Walrus and the Carpenter from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And she wants to spend the day building a doghouse for her dog, but she keeps getting a series of calls from people who want her services, including Harley Quinn, Two-Face, Penguin, Catwoman, Ventriloquist, and Scarface, Killer Croc, Clayface, Riddler, and even Hush, who is the worst dude. More villains are in need of her service, like Black Mask, Bane, Scarecrow, Killer Moth, Mad Hatter. And she ended up putting a away message to try and block them. Clary and the Witch Boy shows up with... Yeah, Clary and the Witch Boy shows up with Etrigan, and she chases him off. But it is not over, as Lex Luthor, Lobo, and even Desaad of Apocalypse call for her help. And eventually she gives up and uses a bad signal to yell at Batman for not taking care of the villains. But he reveals that they are now all locked up. And she realizes that she is out of work. And she asks Batman for help. Luckily, Batman had converted the giant T-Rex in the Batcave into a robot to fight other robots that he had. So the Batcave is in shambles. So Batman hires her, but he has to knock her out to get her there first. As the... uh, Mm. Oh, shoot. Mm. Oh, no. Luke is sleepy. Yeah, I've just been talking a lot in this one. As the seasons change, we focus on Harley... Shit. As the seasons change, we focus on uh, Poison Ivy, who across the seasons 
uh, we see her like fall or uh, we see <clears throat> shit uh, so we start off with a montage of Poison Ivy across the seasons that ends with her in fall which is her least favorite season because that's when all the plants die Harley checks in on her she and sees that she isn't doing well so she calls Selena for help and orders the Joker to get something nice for Poison Ivy and Joker keeps fucking up uh, getting her something nice until he ends up taking to until he ends up taking all of them to the mall where Joker tries to get her excited because you know there's going to be pumpkin carving and Christmas trees and it really doesn't get Poison Ivy excited it just gets her angry and motivated and she sets off for revenge on the world because fall is the time where she should get more active. Luke, play the song. What? The sad piano song. Oh. Sad piano song. For those of you who don't back us on Patreon, that's probably your first time hearing that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. During Hitchcocktober, uh, while Bruce is in Russia dealing with the KG Beast, Robin has the run of the mansion and sees Alfred carrying a large bag with a human hand poking out of it to the east wing of the mansion. Damien tries to bring it up in the morning, but Alfred asks for, but Alfred asks for help instead, which Damien refuses. Damien tries to talk about it with Red Robin, who suggests that they talk to Katana. And Damien suggests that Alfred is going to try and make a Franken-Robin. Red Robin thinks that Alfred is into death racing and he is merely disposing of his villains. And he's actually preparing for his own trophy room. Katana suggests that Alfred is possessed by a ghost spirit that may have been trying to kill them. And that's when Red Hood shows up and suggests that Alfred has been the mastermind behind creating Batman. And he plans to make everyone else part of the Bat family to work for him. And he points out that... The uh, hand that Damien saw seemed to stretch and look like plastic, and he mentions that Plastic Man is missing. So the Robins and Katana go to confront Alfred, who reveals that he was just putting away decorations, and this was a plan by Jason Todd to get them to have to help Alfred with the decorations instead of him. Good on you, Red Hood. For real. Yeah, and like this is where we really run out of holidays. So I figure Hitchcocktober is the closest because, like, in the preview they had the Hitchcock esque silhouette lines. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like that they're going for the holidays, but yeah, I agree. I was like, I don't know how many more you guys have. Mm-hmm. Are we doing like a President's Day? Especially since you like hit Halloween twice for whatever reason. Or like October twice somehow. Uh, so Damien fell asleep watching a zombie movie on the couch. When he woke up, he had wanted to eat it. he had wanted to eat his Halloween candy, but he was given an apple instead. As Bruce mentions that they had been unable to capture Man Bat, as they fly out to visit Talia Al Ghul, the Batwing's engines fail, so they have to jump out. And Damien notes that he had seen something in the engine. As they trek through the desert, Damien hallucinates. Which Batman likes to take his shirt off for? Oh yeah, well it's Batman tradition. Uh, Damien hallucinates the new 52 costumes, but uh, Batman helps by giving him some water. They run into Azrael because they crossed into the burial site of his order. Uh, Azrael was the guy who took over from Batman when his back was broken by Bane, and then he sort of went super crazy. 
Uh, Azrael joins him, and they end up reaching the League of Shadows base. When Damien goes to bed, Mandat flies into his room and warns that the dead are coming, because, you know, it's All Saints Day. Because the cemetery where the Order of St. Dumas, which Azrael belongs to, was put on top of an A. Lazarus pit. Damien leads them all to board up the house, but then realizes that they can fight the zombies instead, because there's an army of ninjas there. Azrael realizes that they're probably all after him as a member of the Order, and so he runs off with the zombies following him. And Batman and Damien head home. When Alfred tells Damien that the day after All Saints Day is All Souls Day, which is an actual thing, mm-hmm. Damien hears a knock at the door, only to see Spectre, Phantom Stranger, and Dead Man, who scared Damien. Did you know about All Souls Day? Yeah. I knew about All Saints Day, but not All Souls Day. I don't know a lot about it, but I knew it was a thing. Okay. We all learn things from comics sometimes. Mm-hmm. Before the end of Daylight Savings Time, Clock King has invented a time displacement device that is set to freeze everyone in Gotham except for him. So he makes a big message on the TV. Batman tries to stop him, but is frozen. Luckily, Batman threw out a battering that sent out a signal that called Batman from other universes. Uh, so we have, like, 70s Batman, Azrael, Batman, Fruit Batman... Uh, Kingdom Come Batman, Red Rain Batman, Zebra Suit Batman, and Batman Beyond era Bruce Wayne. Zebra Batman was when Batman was affected by a zebra man who could repel all solid matter. And Batman had no control over anything. And it's one of those weird Silver Age designs that people seem to love. Also, that's not like, the one true fruit Batman, Luke. Yeah, there's the Mr. Burns one. There is. And weirdly, like, this wasn't even the animal version of Batman, which was a strange thing. Mm-hmm. I think they just needed to find a way to have Fruit Batman throw a banana peel. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the time paradox led future Bruce Wayne to prepare past Bruce Wayne to call them for help when it was needed. And since they're all from different timelines, they aren't affected by the local time freeze. So they're able to trick Clock King into going back in time one hour, so Batman is able to stop him and crush the device, defeating the Clock King. It is in Thanksgiving again, and Robin's turkey and Damien's turkey Jerry is missing. Batman helps Damien look, but when they stop for lunch at a King Burger, Damien hears Jerry over the speaker box and rushes in to find that Jerry is being held hostage by the Condiment King. Because he's angry that they all forgot about Sandwich Day, which is on November the 3rd. As a result of it being ignored, he is going to cook Jerry alive and sacrifice him. But to save him, Batman and Robin have to fight the food fighters who are Miss Sandy Witch, the Grumbler, who is a jelly monster, and the Potato Chaps. They're able to defeat the henchmen, but are blinded by... But they are blinded when the Condiment King throws extremely hot pepper into their eyes... Luckily, Jerry is able to rescue and save them, but as they leave, they find that the hostages, including Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, are stuck in a cage due to the zookeeper being there. But with Jerry at his side, Damien is ready to fight. And I think a lot of these were just new characters that they put together. And also, the zookeeper looked like the zookeeper from Futurama. Yes, he did. Well, the grumbler, he was in that earlier issue. Was he? 
Well, so he was that weird jelly monster thing that was like in, was like making green donuts. Or was that someone else? That was Killer Croc. Who was making weird green jelly donuts? Oh no, it was oh no, it's a different person. But who was that though in that first one when they're in jail when Riddler's blaming them all? Oh uh, yeah, it didn't look like Killer Croc. Who was in the jail? Who wanted the uh, bear claw? Except he was like, it's not a bear claw. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was Killer Croc. Oh, okay. Yep. He just looked different than he did later on. Well, he was also, like, shoved into a small jail cell. Well, that's fair, then. On uh, Christmas again, uh, Damien is trying to steal a peek at his presents, but he is currently bl- but he is currently grounded for hot-wiring all of the bad vehicles, and he's not allowed to fight crime. Bruce is currently out helping people, giving food to the homeless, toys to the orphans, and that's what the holiday is about. Alfred shows the family photo album to Damien and looks back at some past memories... Which is sort of a nice, friendly recap of uh, Batman stories. So you find out that in this universe, instead of being shot by the Joker, Batgirl was crippled in an accident. And when Batman finally comes home, Damien is asleep. And as Batman takes Damien in his arms to bring him to bed, Alfred takes another photo for the album. And that's where we wrap up the series. Here's the one thing I will say. For all these holiday-related ones, the fact that Calendar Man was never featured in any of them was very he surprising was. to me. There was the he one appeared he in one. And he, like, gave narration for it. But, yeah. But he I, like, expect him to be, like, one. an overarching villain for one of them or some of them. Nobody really expects a lot from Calendar Man, Devin. Well, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there is an Earth, like I had mentioned before, that this could be, which is Earth 42. Except that there are some important differences. The main one being on that Earth, everyone is actually androids. Uh, Dick Grayson is Batman, and it doesn't canonically make sense, even though they use art from a cover to, uh, art from a cover from this story to represent that universe. So I'm saying that this is its own universe, and it is not Earth-42, which makes sense and doesn't make sense. Haha, so, like in DC Earths. Well, they also sort of screwed up everything again by not committing to Morrison's plans. But you know how we can commit to Morrison's plans, Devin? How, Luke? By putting this on trials of... The multiverse. That's another really bad transition. So, like, while a lot of this is good, I'm not necessarily sure if I'd like it more than some of our, like, top-ranked universes that were also a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like it more than Marvel 1602. Agreed. Um, how do you feel about it compared to Squadron Supreme? Um, I like it better than Squadron Supreme. Uh, Tony Stark Sorcerer Supreme? Better? Uh, Reed Kills the Illuminati? Better. 
I don't think it's better than Animal Man Lost His Powers. No, that was a good that was a good story. But you know, uh, number twelve is pretty good for what I'll call Lil Earth. Uh, Lil Gotham universe. So that was our new number twelve, bringing us to a total of four hundred. Devin, we hit number four hundred on our Trials of the Multiverse chart. What? I know. So now we go all the way from Earth 96282, What If J. Jonah Jameson Adopted Spider-Man, which is in our much-skipped Father's Day special, which is weirdly weird, to Earth 23492, which is Spidey Baby Universe. Fuck you, Spidey Baby. Most definitely. And for now, we've got questions. Are you ready, Devin? Let's do it. So, opening up that Twitter app on my phone. Let's all open up our Twitter apps on our phones. So, uh, Xavier Files wants to know why are baby versions of characters so popular? It's like these people have never met babies. I will agree that for the most part, babies do suck. Mm-hmm. But these aren't really baby versions of the characters. It's not like Muppet Babies. Agreed. Uh, unrelated, Michael B., who is at Not Really Robot, asks, uh, Hickman's Invincible has a lot of alternate universes. Are you boys interested in image properties? Well, first off, we're not boys. We're men! Men who spend our Saturday mornings talking about comic book alternate universes. Agreed. And we could cover Invincible sometime. We can because but... cross over Spider-Man. Yeah. So we may do that, but I'm not entirely sure how I'd feel about tackling all of uh, the universe. Yeah. Uh... Xavier Files wants to know, is Lil Gotham a good book for children? I'm honestly trying to figure it out. I, I'd say it's a good book for kids. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad like really happens fun. in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I and... thought they were fun. What was your favorite of the yeah, holidays, they're... Luke? Father's Day. Oh, okay. I like the New Year's What one. was your favorite story? New Year's. Where, they're, where it's the... Uh... Gotham when they're committing City crimes, they're trying just... to uh, justify them all. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good stuff. There's only, like, one or two clunky ones. Yeah. And then, uh, Jono616, Jonathan Starsmore, wants to know, what other DC property would you like to see get the little treatment? And, I mean, we sort of get that. Like, there's the uh, Justice League... Uh, series that Art Baltazar and Franco are doing right now mm -hmm. which I read the first issue of that and that's fun because they had previously done the uh, Tiny Titans series yeah okay but, yeah they did Tiny Titans um, I'd kind of love to see a little Gotham version of Doom Patrol you like, do love your just, Doom Patrols well yeah but like, this, uh, like these little kid friendly versions fighting existential terrors that have to be explained in terms for kids like that would be so weird and fun that what about be. you Devin 
I don't know for D. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't care about the DC as much. I know, Devin. I know. I know. But that said, uh, yeah. I do enjoy the X Babies specials that Marvel did. But that's not DC. I know. Or, yeah. Fine, we'll make yeah, it a little. Actually, no, no, no. I want to see it for reals because Vertigo's a DC property. I want to see what a full fleshed out version of Watchmen Babies and V for Vacation would actually look like. What are you writing, Luke? I'm seeing if anyone actually did more of that. Because um, that was actually great. Oh, yeah, no, that is a fantastic joke. Uh, yeah, some people did more fan art of it. I thought you were going to say, like, Sandman, but there I are actually... I actually consider that like, one, too. Oh, no, there are actually, like, little baby Sandman comics. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. It's comics, Devin. It's comics. Of course. Um, yeah. So next week we are getting back to Exiles as we're going to be joining our favorite team of Universe Hopping Peoples because it has been a while. Uh, it has literally been... The last I time don't we covered even it was know in, who they are anymore. The last time we covered it was... A, in October, Devin. Shit, yeah. Yeah, on the October 23rd episode. So, we'll need to do a recap, probably. Probably. But, uh... Yeah. Remember when we were going to try and cover an Exiles universe every three episodes? Mm-hmm. Uh, Multiverse of Q is a weekly podcast, so if you enjoy what we do and want to support us, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we give you exclusive bonus content uh like we'll talk about movies and things like that that we used to talk to that we used to talk about on otherworldly conversations you also get early episodes of the exiled podcast and if you donate at the five dollar level you get show notes as well uh you can find more about that at uh patreon.com slash lucare that's l-u-k-h-e-r-r uh, you can find more about Multiverse Q and see the image galleries that we have for most of the episodes at multiverseoq.com. And uh, we're also on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. If you can leave us a review, we absolutely love that. And we will read those online. Uh, Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at Twitter at FredOfett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, and at L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R, that's LukeHair.com. We'll see you next week for Exiled Adventures. And until then, this one's for Lil Hank. Peace. Peace. Peace.